Get all the phlegm out. This is how we need to open. Just with the good Out with the phlegm. Yes, that's just. We sound like we're trying. Never mind. I'm not gonna go there. Uh, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I am your host, Kevin Heyman. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you? <coughs> Dead. All right. No. no, you doing okay? I, I'm I'm a little Flemish, but you know. Oh, okay. are you a Flemish merchant? <coughs> no, because I don't buy or sell phlegm. Okay, that's fair. And we've got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you doing, buddy? We missed you last week. My skin is growing back. I'm excited. <laughs> God, I forget <laughs> why you were out, man. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that yeah. was fun. I'm not going to get yeah. into it, but yeah, I've got skin growing back, so we'll, I'm happy. We'll just say you had your own private Dr. Pimple Popper <laughs> moment. Oh, God. Yep. So, uh, let's see. Housekeeping. We don't have much. Um, basically, I just kind of want to thank all of our patrons for once. Oh. Uh, if that's fine. So, a uh, big thank you to Ghostforge, Holly, Man in Black, Andrew Richardson, Ruth Ann Beverly, Dave Holyfield, and you, David. Oh, yes. I, I chip into the podcast. Yeah, David wanted the merch. Yes, yes. So, it's understandable. It's pretty cool merch. We need to well, change out merch soon. And the thing is, we don't get the merch for free. Yeah, we don't. So. That's the fun thing. If we want the merch, we have to pay for the merch. Yeah. And I do not have the merch, so. <laughs> Mind you, I will say, if you would like some merch and uh, are not interested in joining our Patreon, you can head to... Uh, I believe it's store.supernatpod.rocks or head to supernatpod.rocks and click on the store link at the top. You can find a bunch of fun shirts we've got up there, including the uh, Rat Fink Chupacabra. We've got the new Cogito Ergo Dolio. I think, therefore, I hurt. And uh, various other things. It's all cool. And stickers. Stickers are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys... Yes. This week is, um, without a doubt, the stupidest thing I have ever had to read. <clears throat> and I've been screaming about this for weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've had to tune him out for all the like insane babblings that he was describing to me. Oh yeah, it's bad. <clears throat> it's real bad, y'all. <laughs> so uh, this is this episode is entitled "The Saturn Death Cult in the Electric Universe." And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a ride. So, let's start with our sources this week. First, we've got The Saturn Death Cult by Troy D. McLaughlin. Possibly the stupidest thing I ever, re ever read in my life. One of his other books is about Trump being a reincarnation of a Jewish king sent by God to save us. Well, thank you for your sacrifice, Kevin. <clears throat> Motherfucker, you just don't know. <laughs> but you will. Uh, mm -hmm. Next is The Universe, A Vast Electric Organism by George Woodford Warder. Now, this was written in 1903, and it reads like it. Its ideas were crackpot even for the time. How you like that, by the way, Mike? Vast Electric Organism. Uh, Like, he actually <laughs> believes that the universe is a living thing. So, it's the... Uh 
the uh, crystalline entity from Star Trek. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> our next source is The Purple Dawn of Creation by Troy D. McLaughlin. Uh, Every this, time you say that, I think you're going to say Troy McClure. I know. <laughs> I keep trying to not say Troy McClure. <laughs> but uh, this one I needed to summarize his first book so I could understand what the fuck I read. Oh, jeez. Because he seriously, at the beginning of the book, he summarizes his previous book. Which, also, in Purple Dawn of Creation, he references the Saturn Death Cult as if it's written by a third party. <laughs> he's using himself as a source and acting like he's not using himself as a source, and it's infuriating. This, this it's guy the, that wrote this this book, he's like super awesome, and I want to suck his dick. Yeah, it, no. It, it's that's literally not. the Obama meme where it's Obama giving a medal to Obama. Yes, that's it, exactly. <laughs> it's like a handy under the table at IHOP. <laughs> oh, God. I, what IHOP are you going to? <laughs> You've Sounds seen like the IHOP. IHOP. Apparently. You've seen the IHOP near our house, Kevin. Oh, I'm not going to that you, you, one. You know how many, you, you can guess at how many handies have been done under the table there's, here. There's been a lot done in that bathroom, too. Uh, our last source <laughs> is a great video called Debunking the Electric Universe from Professor Dave Explains. It's a great video that explains the modern version of the Electric Universe, and it really tears at a new one. Mike, I really think you'd enjoy this video. Probably. I just feel like you really went through it this time, my guy. Like, you, oh. you, you, did, your, you did your work, and you suffered oh. for it. I can't wait for the first post telling me I don't do research after right. this one, because right. I am going to either take a hostage <laughs> or end it. I don't know which. <laughs> so, gentlemen... <clears throat> Aside from me screaming for the last few weeks, do you know anything about the Electric Universe Theory? It was a song by Debbie Gibson in the 1980s. See, oh, yeah, that's I, Electric Youth. So. I, I was going to say that it sounds like the alias of an ambient musician. This is John DeLiberto. You're listening to Echoes. Up next, the Electric Universe Theory with something. Oh, no, it was... It was, it was Purple Dawn. It was a uh, educational show on PBS, right? That was the Electric Company. Ah, damn it! Sorry, damn, wrong. Yep, <clears throat> sorry, dude. Well, let me explain what the Electric Universe is, and the reason we're going to talk about this theory is because if Electric Universe isn't real, then the Saturn Death Cult isn't real. The two theories sort of support each other, like two drunks trying to walk to the car, and neither of them needs to drive. <laughs> so, the theory first was first published in 1903, and like I said before, at the time, it flew in the face of conventional science. Its theories are based on George Woodward Warder not understanding basic science and deciding he knew better. So, a precursor to Time Cube, basically. Or QAnon, or any modern organization when you get down to it. Mm. Uh, it remained largely forgotten until around 1983, exactly 80 years later, when the first modern papers were published on it. Now, guys, you know what else happened around 1983? Mm, I was six, so, you know, probably ate a crayon or something. Well, Transformers were released, but that's not what we're getting at. <laughs> Reagan shut down the asylums and sanitariums. <laughs> now, <clears throat> I'm not saying there's a direct correlation. I'm not qualified to do that. But 
a lot of fringe science started coming out after that, so you can draw your own fucking conclusions. I don't care. <laughs> so, the Electric Universe posits that the major force in the universe is, shock of shocks, electricity. It's electric. Yes. It states that gravity does not exist. <laughs> or, in the modern version, is weaker than we think it is. <clears throat> Nuclear fusion does not power stars. And everything we know about space and science is wrong. Mm. <clears throat> now, they specifically point in modern times to Nikola Tesla saying that Einstein had a quaint little theory going with the general re relativity, but it was just math and didn't matter in the real world. You, you know, I've been saying for years that math has no practical application, so I'm glad someone else is brave enough to agree with me. <laughs> you, know, you know, all these all these cranks holding the Nikola Tesla up as some, you know, paragon of truth always never stops being funny to me. Well, you know, my thing with, of course, Tesla's going to think electricity was really important in the universe. He was a fucking electrician. That's like if, if he had been a mechanic... The entire universe will be an internal combustion engine. Yeah. The other thing I'm, is, we don't talk enough about him being a bird guy. Oh, was he a bird guy? Yeah, he oh, yeah, he, he was obsessed with pigeons. His, yeah, his only friend towards the end was a pigeon. He yeah. sounds like a character from Hey Arnold. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'm just saying. But <sighs> that's right. We're all held to the Earth due to electromagnetism and not gravity. Mm. I mean, I'll let that sink in for a second. Yeah. So, the sun and stars are actually solid masses with glowing electric atmospheres and are not hot at all. In of fact, course. In fact, there are people living on them. In fact, God himself lives on the sun. <laughs> wait, wait. So, <laughs> so, you know, you had said this to me before, and I uh -huh. just kind of let it, like, bounce over my brain because I did not want it to like sink in and take hold <laughs> as you <laughs> but, would if you want to remain sane. So people are living on the sun. Oh yeah. Because he says it's a, it's gotta be a fact because there's so much space there for them to live on it. It, but okay. Discounting everything else. You still cannot argue that the sun isn't super fucking bright, right? No, 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 but we're getting there. It's it's bright, but only from the outside. You, you gotta let the crank theory develop before we can really tear into it. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. You have to. This is what I've been waiting for for weeks. No. It's content. <laughs> no. No, no, it's art. Warder argues that the sun can't be hot because space is cold. Checkmate. <laughs> Yeah, checkmate, atheists. <laughs> Any actual heat, Mike, mm -hmm. would have dissipated by the time it reached Earth. Well, so, yeah. So heat is merely electrical current from the sun reacting to the atoms in our bodies, and that's why we get hot. So so this guy believes in, electro, in the electromagnetic spectrum, but not infrared wavelengths. That's right. So infrared wavelengths are bullshit to him. Yep, yep. Light is just the sky glowing when it faces the sun because electricity is hitting our atmosphere and making it glow on the inside to us. But it glows on the outside on the sun. I wonder if there's beer on the sun. 
Oh yeah, I wonder <coughs> that too, eh? And, and Mike, huh? And Mike, the planets and sun were formed by particles being attracted to each other in space via the electromagnetic force, and did what they did <coughs> because God. Dust bunnies of the gods. Like he talks a lot in that book about, uh, like all of this being the genius of God, and I'm well, like, I. So yeah, here, here's the problem with that. If God's supposed to be all knowing and all powerful, why does he come up with such a stupid, convoluted system? You know, I was wondering that. It also posits, though, that meteors are impossible uh, because the odds of one tiny rock hitting another one is impossible. So, where did the craters wait, on the wait. moon? Co- oh, sorry, Mike. Yes. So, so <clears throat> these planets form through electric forces bringing the yep. matter together. Yep. But he, but by yep. that, th- they wouldn't form because the odds of them coming together and hitting each other are... Oh, yeah, they burn up. Well, they, they burn up in the atmosphere. I mean, that just, he just said one rock can't hit another rock in space, therefore they couldn't create planets because they'd never be able to hit each other. Hey, <clears> Mike, <throat> you remember when I said that this was stupid even well, in 1903. Well, yeah, but I'm just you're, I'm just pointing out the stupid you haven't even hung a lamp on. Oh, yeah, no. I didn't. I was hoping you would. That's your job. Yeah. Yeah. But so, your job is to be angry. Yeah. <laughs> Not angry, I'm hurting and sad. Uh, so, Mike, you're probably asking yourself, Kevin, or no, you're asking yourself, Mike, so where did the craters on the moon come from? No, well, I'm asking myself, Mike, why are you still on this podcast instead of asleep <laughs> or masturbating or something more productive? That's fair. But where do the craters on the moon come from? I, I, uh, uh, God took a shit. He, need, he <laughs> no. needed a toilet. God, that's so stupid. No. A holy Inter- upper decker. No, that's fucking stupid. Interplanetary lightning strikes. Oh, of course. The believers. An electric universe say that the craters on the moon are too shallow to have been caused by an impact in modern day. Like, have you ever seen those two metal orbs with electricity arcing between them in a mad scientist lab in an old movie? Yeah. Basically, that happens between planets when they get close. Like, you know the Valus... Let me get this straight. Valus... Marineris on Mars. Yeah. That giant trench thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was a giant lightning strike that just tore across the landscape. Now, now you here, know, here, th- oh. sorry, go ahead, David. Oh, okay, so here's a technical question about like a lightning strike. Would you say that like a lightning strike when it hits like the ground, that is an impact, or does impact have to have mass? I I think it like I think I've seen where it blows matter away. Well, so. Uh, a light lightning strike, I guess. I mean, you could still call it an impact because it is matter hitting. It's right. just not a lot of it. It's you know electrons. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now, it's and, and well, actually, it's more of a oh god, he did it well. Actually, it's not really the electrons. The electrons aren't moving, but the charge is moving. It's 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 a force <clears throat> moving. But, but here's the well, here's the big problem, is that you know the the gap between say you have two things and you have, you know, electricity arcing across them, right? Mm-hmm. The further apart they are, 
the greater you need a charge to jump that distance. Oh, yeah. Well, Mike, the whole <clears throat> universe is electric, so there was plenty of charge. So, he says it's infinite. So at millions of miles. Yep. You know, and, and w- okay, so so the, the Earth, Moon, I'm guessing the lightning's coming from the Earth? I don't know. Where, wherever they're, you know, it's coming. It's coming from both talking. of them. It's their it's their electromagnetic fields touching. It the it's 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 gay because the tips touch. I mean, we're talking about yeah. electrical charges on the order of, you know, billions and billions of gigawatts. Oh God! <laughs> well, yeah, like way too like like. Yeah, no, it's it's all stupid. We yes. can yes. But and thank you for explaining that. And I've got some notes on why this may be wrong myself. Yeah. Uh, first off, <clears throat> we have observable proof that relativity exists. Oh yeah. Satellites have to be synced up, or their clocks are off due to the time dilation. Yeah, yeah. GPS All itself right? uh, proves relativity. Otherwise, it would not work. Yeah, no, stuff like that. We've seen uh, gravitational (laughs) lensing effect. Uh, In fact, they're talking... Didn't you tell me they're talking about building a a gravitational lensing telescope, basically? Well, it's it's a... More of a... uh, Not even a proposal yet, but it's... yeah. It's a a theory. It's a a, a proposal. Well, it's an an idea. idea. Yeah, of making a satellite that could... Or a group of satellites that could use the sun's uh, gravitational field as a lens to uh, look at extrasolar planets. Which, first off, that's awesome. Secondly, wouldn't be possible without fucking gravity. Well, no, maybe the electricity acts like a lens. Who knows? Oh, fuck (laughs) off. Okay. Second, everything... Okay, yes, everything technically is magnetic in a way, but everything can't really be that. We can't be attracted to planets via magnetism because we we just be repelling and attracting everything because opposite particles opposite charged particles it just it doesn't make any fucking sense it would be moving around like an air hockey table yes oh god that would be awesome I love air hockey (laughs) Uh, now lastly I just kind of refuse to believe that if there's a god he'd be sloppy enough to make a universe that works like this All right. Okay. Like you said, David. Now, now, counterpoint to all of this, electric Jesus. Just okay, just throwing that AC out there. AC or DC? <laughs> both. Ooh, this he one goes to both 11. ways. Jesus swings both ways. AC, DCs. Good reference. <clears throat> now, Mike, you were going to say something before we move on. Uh, it's like so. Even all that aside, if he's like attributing all this to God. What would God do? Would he make everything stick together with this convoluted mishmash of, you know, electrical forces? Or would he just create gravity? Yeah, no. Gravity makes it so much easier. Now, can I tell you something funny about the electric universe? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Flat earthers totally believe that the electric universe is how things work. Of course, because it has God in it. Proponents of the electric universe think flat Earth is the stupidest fucking thing they've ever heard. It is not a two-way street. <laughs> well, that's good. It, it is not a mutual wow. love. I, 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 I'm not going to give flat Earthers respect for, you know... You mean electric universers? I mean, electric universers respect for yeah. uh, not believing the flat Earthers, but 
Hey, hey it's better than nothing, I guess. <laughs> it's a real enemy of my enemy is my friend situation here. Yeah. And to quote last podcast, uh, got a broken clock's right like six or seven times a day. So <laughs> now we're going to pivot a little bit toward the actual Saturn death cult and its origins in the electric universe. Now strap in because if you thought that last bit was something, it's about to get weird. Because we're going to talk about the Earth-Saturn system. Now, I'll get a little bit into the specifics of the origin of this part of the theory in part two. But for now, let's just take this all as fact. Okay. Now, (laughs) in the beginning, we did not have the sun. Originally, Earth, Mars, and Venus, along with all the rest of Saturn's moons all orbited a brown dwarf that was wandering loose in the cosmos. And this brown dwarf is what we know today as Saturn. (laughs) This entire system was surrounded by a giant purple electric cloud that kept our world from seeing the rest of the universe. All we saw was purple light. It was the prince signal. That is not the last Prince joke in this, I promise you. (laughs) Now, Saturn, our original sun, which, before I move on, something I didn't put in the outline that I really need to throw out there. Do you know why Saturn is no longer a sun? No. Because in the electric universe, stars burn out like light bulbs. Okay. And that's what happened to Saturn. It eventually burned out like a light bulb, but... I'll let you chew on that while I continue. It was the real Kurt Cobain of stars. It burned out quickly? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think the Better to burn out than to fade away? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Kurgan. (laughs) So, our original sun, Saturn, was a polar star. Now, this means that... Sure, why not? (laughs) This means that Earth was oriented kind of like Uranus... With the pole star constantly, po- uh, the pole, North Pole constantly pointing at Saturn. This meant there was no day or night cycle, and that the, uh, pur- the purple electric cloud surrounding everything, the entire world was bathed in a constant dim purple light. light. And I've been calling this Vaporwave Earth. Like, 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 this just sounds like the painted cover of a prog rock album. It does look like it should have... It does, in my head, feel like it should have a Yes logo mm-hmm. at the top. It should have a bust of Alexander the Great <sighs> and, like, a grid and a Macintosh. Oh, and Alexander the Great's got sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah totally. It sounds kind of like the opening to Saved by the Bell. That, too. So, anyway. Or a Trapper Keeper. Yes! <laughs> this is Lisa Frank world. So... <laughs> Now, this system would eventually collide with the Sol system. Saturn's approaching from the bottom, as it were. And the sun's electric field destroyed our purple haze. In my brain. God damn it. And drew the Earth, Mars, and Venus into the solar system gradually, though chaotically, as Saturn was expelled into the outer solar system. Now, somehow, this is when Saturn got its rings. I don't really get this part. And also the moon? 
I think it was supposed to be orbiting Saturn as well and ended up orbiting us. I think, again, this all gets really fucking weird. I've been slowly going cross-eyed for the past 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, during the long period of the three planets settling into their new orbits, Earth, Mars, and Venus... Venus? Venus... (laughs) Would have da- see, I'm going nuts. They would have dangerously close flybys, and as they did, huge interplanetary lightning would strike between the worlds. Again, this is the origin of craters and various terrain features on Earth, the Moon, and Mars. Venus, I don't know. There's clouds. All the while, our former sun would grow more and more distant. Now, I'll I'll just put this out there. Animate this and play some Pink Floyd over it. It does kind of sound like a planetarium show, doesn't it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just these, like, massive spheres, like, running by each other, like, lighting effects and shit. It'd be dope. It'd be dope. That would be pretty badass. Mike, would you pay to see that? Um, As As a planetarium show. I mean, it still would be dumb as hell. Oh, yeah, sure, but... (laughs) Well, so are planetarium shows. Yeah, hey... I actually saw a really good uh, Danny Glover movie in a planetarium once. Okay. Um, yeah, famous, famous for their Danny Glover films. Hey, I'm just saying it was a it was a it was a, a, a independent film show here in Jackson, and the only place we had that would host it was a fucking planetarium. Oh huh. yeah, I think that's that's where we have the independent like film festival. Yeah. So. Oh, there you like go. Art. There's an art museum attached to the planetarium. Yes. Uh, Just okay. kind of weird. I took back what I, I'm taking back what I said about planetariums. Are okay. Yes. But no. Um, so the idea that this little, this little, I'm assuming this little, little solar system consisting uh-huh. of Saturn and everything mm-hmm. interacts with you know our the sun, the Sol, and mm-hmm. somehow through even though it came on through you know orbital. St- from the south of uh-huh. the orbit, uh-huh. is in a perfect plane with all the other planets. Yeah, funny that. Considering there's plenty of bodies that aren't in that, you know, orbital plane. Pluto. Well, Pluto is a little eccentric, which, you know, astronomers have, you know, theories about that, whether it's a captured body or not. Sure. And plus but... all the, you know, comets and things. Right, yeah. But, the, but in general... We, we we believe that if something, if everything's in like a good orbital plane like that, usually that we assume that they all came as a set. Yeah. Now, Mike, hmm. I just want to throw out there, I think McLaughlin might be dumb. I I don't know. I mean, that, that's a big stretch there. Just it's to call. a little bit of a he, stretch. He, Kevin, he wrote all these words. How could yeah. he be dumb? There are certainly words. He's wrote. Yeah, he's well, written let's more see words. You publish than me. a theory, motherfucker. I know. Right? Well, bite me, bitch. Uh, <laughs> maybe Dave was talking to me. Oh. <laughs> no, no I'm he just, is talking just, to me. Just generally, yeah, and mostly aimed at Kevin. If it, if it's criticism, yeah. it's usually aimed at Kevin. <laughs> okay, thanks, thanks. I'll tell my therapist about this now. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, God, I got a stew on this. Yep. And when we come back, I'll explain why this didn't happen hundreds of millions or even millions of years ago. It happened 
thousands of years ago. It actually happened yesterday, and you just didn't know it. You were asleep. Again, we'll be right back. And we're back. Now, before we continue, how are you guys feeling about this so far? Dumber. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like this gives me an opportunity to make a joke about this being the origin story of Deep Purple, but I'm not actually going to do the footwork to make the joke. Good plan. I, you know, I'm just happy there are so many uh, rock music references to the color purple, <laughs> and I'm surprised there's no Steven Spielberg joke, mm. you know, or a Whoopi Goldberg, or an Oprah. <laughs> but, you know what? It isn't about to get any better. Oh, boy. Before the break, I dropped the horrid bombshell <laughs> that all of this happened in human memory. I will elaborate. The sa- <laughs> I know you don't want me to, but I'm gonna. <laughs> the Saturn system existed up until about 12,000 years ago. You know. Like it do. 10,000 BCE. <clears throat> now, if you, know, if you know anything about Graham Hancock, who we covered early on and we need to go back and redo, mm-hmm. you'll recognize this date. Almost all of his theories point to this time frame as being the cataclysm that wiped out his ancient civilization. You know, the younger dry ass. Mm-hmm. Which still just sounds like somebody's ass needs a wet one. <laughs> the older wet ass. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I've got. So, <laughs> the thing is, if you believe this theory, the Saturn Death Cult stuff... We feel sorry for It's you. not without merit, the whole cataclysm at 10,000. You see, life on Earth was different during what McLaughlin calls the purple dawn of creation. With constant light and no seasonal changes, there was constant growth. Crops could be grown year-round. There was no scarcity. Mm. Now... Let's address the elephant ear plant in the room. Mm. I'm proud of that joke, by the way. Mm-hmm. How, how did anything grow in dim purple light in an electric cloud? Um, yeah, they, they just like purple light, I guess. Yeah, well, McLaughlin <clears throat> says that all plants were red back then, because, you know, that fucking works. And water was yellow. In fact, it wasn't water, it was piss. Oh, great. Piss plants. Have you seen grow lights before? They're kind of purpley. Sure, I guess. Maybe that works. I don't want to give him the credit. Well, no, but the plants don't need to be red for the purple light to work. Ah, well, he says they're red, so... Like he specifically said, they were red. It also never rained. Yeah, that's good for plants, right? Yeah, but the world was constantly inundated with mist raining down from Saturn and the electric fog. A purple rain, if you will. Finally, I was waiting for that one to drop. I know. But, like, also, he talks about it was a, a mist raining down. I'm like, huh, sounds a fucking lot like rain. Right. So it's like just, you know, uh, <coughs> different words for uh, rain. I guess. I like, what was, was that hitchhiker character that had, like... Oh, McKenna, the rain god? Yeah. Yeah, he had, like, uh, 130 different types of rain. Yeah. 
Yep. And I'm sure misting was one of them. Sure, probably. Pissing, bucketing, shitting, I don't know. Anyway, humanity lived in a virtual golden age with no need for conflict because everyone had enough of everything. Sounds like a veritable Garden of Eden. I know, and he does, in fact, draw that parallel in the book because, of course, course he does. So this just sounds like someone stretching to get to a quote-unquote scientific Garden of Eden. Yeah, kind of. But then the sun showed up. Wah-wah. Now, because of the change in suns and Earth suddenly having a day-night cycle and seasons and all this shit, food became more scarce. Mankind began having to work to survive and fight each other for resources, and the Golden Age died. That yellow bastard. Oh, fuck (laughs) off with that joke. (laughs) At this point, biblical history takes over in the narrative. Of course it does. Now, the difference is, according to McLaughlin, every single story in the Bible is a metaphor for economics. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Supply side Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Lot's, Lot's wife being a pillar of salt is just about... Investing no. in salt? No, it isn't. <laughs> that is actually not a metaphor at all. In fact, we're going to talk about the Tower of Babel and then Sodom and Gomorrah. But first, the Tower of Babel. But you said all of them. No, well, no. okay. So is the, the Song hyperbole. of Solomon like about the exchange rate for sex workers or something then? <clears throat> it was Solomon. Of course it was. Yeah. What about uh, Leviticus? Is that all about the, the fucked up ways you should it should and shouldn't make money? Uh, Leviticus was actually a hooker. No, I don't know. Um, Genesis is about starting a uh, startup in Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's about getting uh, uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah, getting angel investors. Yep, pretty much. So let's start with the Tower of Babel. All right. Sure. You guys are you guys are familiar with the story of the Tower of Babel, right? Yeah. You left a joke on the floor. Did I? Biblically accurate angel investors. Oh my (laughs) god. Oh, somebody needs to draw that. Be not afraid, we bring currency. Be not afraid of the gains. <laughs> to be the not, moon. Be not afraid of the IPO. Oh my God, you're killing me here. Now, you guys are familiar with the Tower of Babel, right? Mm. Now, we talked about it some in the in the Sitchin episode, where he said that the tower was a rocket ship and that the Anunnaki nuked it from orbit. How could Just he forget? Yeah. <laughs> How could we sh- forget that they had to be sure? So, anyway, in the tower in Babel, mankind decided to build a giant tower to reach the heavens, and God got really nervous about it for some reason, like he actually <laughs> lives in the sky. And he moved among the humans of Babel and made them all start speaking different languages so they couldn't work in harmony anymore, and then he smote the tower down. What like, a dick. Yeah, like, why didn't he just, like, break the tower and just, like, stop? You know, I'm sure there was like a couple of like key engineers or something. Maybe he could have just like, you know, done something to them instead of making everybody talk different. You know, I get the feeling Old Testament God was a bit of an ass. But (laughs) yeah, so a guy guy was such an ass. He made dudes from Jersey Shore look reasonable. (laughs) Let's not forget. Oh, I tripped and touched the Ark of the Covenant and now I'm dead. So, 
According to the Saturn Death Cult, the tower was a metaphor for the gold standard. <laughs> and that was the most revolutionary idea mankind had ever come up with. So, what happened? Mars. <laughs> Mars happened. It was doing one of its flybys before settling into its orbit, and some of that interplanetary lightning struck Babel and destroyed it. So Mars thought, is a metaphor for the Federal Reserve. I was I was gonna say, it, it, does that mean like uh, gold standards from Mars, fiat currencies from Venus? Yes. <laughs> Which again, where does crypto come from? The 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 butthole. Yeah. <clears throat> Fire shooting from the butthole. So the same thing happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. Now the difference being that those two great cities were actually the center of the world's first opium trade. In fact, he actually uses the term narco-syndicate in the book. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Now, at this point, McLaughlin says that the story of Lot's wife looking back and turning into a pillar of salt was because we all know that electricity can instantly turn organic matter into a fossil. Right, Mike? That's how that works. But it wasn't a fossil. It was a pillar of salt. Yeah, yeah, you're splitting hairs. And either way, yeah, because look at all the uh, guys we electrocute. They look like, you know. Uh Yeah, they turn into into rock, right? That's what happens. That's what happened in uh, uh, the Green Mile. Yep. Yeah. Now, at no point does McLaughlin say that dinosaur fossils are fake? In fact, he doesn't dispute the existence of dinosaurs before humanity. He just says that fossils are made by electricity. You know, the funny thing is, electric fossil is the code word used by Keith Richards' security detail. (laughs) You know what? I buy that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) The electric fossil is in the hall. The electric fossil is taking a dump. I think my colon just fell out. (laughs) So, let's start back at the beginning a little bit for the cult. This is, we're finally going to talk about the cult itself. We've started at the beginning like three times already. (laughs) Okay, I need to explain that the book, The Saturn Death Cult, starts at the beginning like three or four times. (laughs) And it doesn't talk about the actual death cult until the last quarter of the book, which is shockingly long. (laughs) Like, way longer than it needs to be. In fact, most of it explains the electric universe theory. So, anyway, mankind, after its near devastation at the hands of cosmic upheaval, longed for the peaceful and happy times of the Saturnian Golden Age. I know that it should be Saturnalian Golden Age, but McLaughlin doesn't know shit. So it's Saturnian. Now, using the memory of this great and ancient age and its catastrophe, uh, catastrophic ending, a group of priest kings developed a religion of esoteric knowledge that made Saturn the original god who was cast into the outer darkness and that these rituals could prevent further catastrophe. (coughs) 
Now, before I move on, let me say that McLaughlin's proof of this and the origin of this is like Hancock's. He says that most ancient cultures have legends of Saturn being our original sun and that everything in that early age was purple. To which I say, prove it, motherfucker. (laughs) Fucking prove it. Now, this group, this cult, would eventually evolve into what we know today as the Illuminati. My God. (laughs) Oh, that's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Illuminati. Yes, Llamas and cloaks. Oh, my God, David, please. You got to do it. (laughs) Anyway, what we know today is the Illuminati, but he refers to them as the Illumined Ones which I notice he talks about a lot of stuff that we know and talk about on this show, but he uses other terms for it, like he's trying to copyright it. It's very annoying. (coughs) Yes. But uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that he says they've done throughout human history. This is in no way an exhaustive list, and exhaustive is the term I would use for this book. Exhausting is the other term I would use. First, they, of course, invented our modern concept of money to enslave us, by which I mean a debt-based economy. The idea is that you put a certain amount of money into the world, then you start charging interest. To pay it back would require more money than there actually is, so we're all indebted forever with no hope of escape. I mean, that's not that crazy. You know, that's my problem, is I'm like, shit. That appeals to me. Well, I I mean, mean, not the conspiracy part, but I mean, you know, the whole debt-based economy. Yeah, no, I kind of understand his reasoning behind that, but, you know, again, conspiracy hides in the shadows. Mm -hmm. So, The next point is the continued eradication of the gold standard. (laughs) Yeah, they can't stand the idea of money actually being based on something of value. Or they want to own all the gold, so they own all the money. It's a bit confusing here because he accuses them of both creating and destroying the gold standard, and I guess policy changes over time. Well, whoever has the gold makes the rules. You look, so so here's one of my problems with all these gold standard mm-hmm. uh, conspiracy theories. It's that you think inflation's bad now. You know, if we were if the dollar was still tied to the gold standard, you realize how how inflated actually it'd be deflated. A dollar would be would buy you a car or yeah, some shit no, like that. I, I, yeah. Yeah, it'd be actually be deflated, but still you'd be You'd be working for your your minimum wage would be like, you know, 15 cents an hour. And that, you know. You know, something just dawned on me while we're talking about this. You know what this reminds me of? Hmm. Peter Beater and the Russian Robotoids, another great titled episode. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It all had to do with the gold standard. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Mm-hmm. Now, he also says they're responsible for the creation of the drug trade as another form of enslavement, which they had to 
try to find a way to bring that back after Sodom and Gomorrah got smoted by Mars. Well, and then also, I mean, technically, that is a, a I, thing, you know. You, you want to talk about the drugs. CIA? Yeah. Well, the, CIA, the CIA didn't do it to enslave people. They did it to freaking prop up proxy governments. Well, but but and, also, yeah, no, you know, the, the prison industrial complex and, you know, you got to fill well, in the bodies for... I think that's I think that's less of a that's definitely getting very conspiracy minded. I don't think uh, there is some of that, but they're not like, you know, propping up the drug industry to do that. But but no, I mean, just the connections, you know what I mean? That that's how the conspiratorial mind works. You can see how the connections can be made. Also, I think it's funny we're talking about uh, government and policy and shit. And McLaughlin, would this be the McLaughlin group? Uh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> That's for our over 40 set out there. I'm going to come and dump my uh, cup of ice water on your head. <laughs> That's fair. So, and this next one is one of my favorites. The invention of Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, not now. this part really is, is amusing to me. In the Saturn Death Cult, McLaughlin refers to Jesus as a certain Jesus Christ. Like you've or, never heard of him. Or the Nazar yeah, or the Nazarene. I mean, he literally talks about him like he's an obscure footnote in history and like a huge chunk of the world has never heard of this motherfucker. Mm. Now, this is the one thing I will give some slight credence to. Not necessarily about the Illuminati, but that the Catholic Church under the control of the Illuminati, decided to create White Christ as a marketing scheme. And I can just see them all sitting together like a corporate retreat with one poor graphic design guy being given notes on which design for Christ is more marketable. White Christ is the new Coke. (laughs) But, like, I can get that. It's it's also Buddy Christ in Dogma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of is. But it's like I could see like the Council of Nicaea putting the Bible together and then going, oh, one other thing, this motherfucker's got to be white. <laughs> he also tries to construct this idea that Jesus is just Jupiter and Saturn combined. Like the name is Jupiter and Saturn combined somehow, but linguistically this doesn't fucking hold water. Hmm. So, but next on the list is by far my absolute favorite. Sacrificing and eating babies. Yes, we finally made it, guys. Mm -hmm. We got to child sacrifice. Pass out the brandy and cigars. This podcast (laughs) is now bonafide. You know, someone's going to cut that clip in isolation, and there's going to be a lot of questions about you. I don't give a fuck. There's already a lot of questions about it. <laughs> yeah, me. child sacrifice. Fuck yeah. Yeah, kill them babies. Eat them. So, yeah. A little barbecue sauce. Fuck, look, at like, look if, if I ate something, you know what? I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> so McLaughlin says that anytime there's a rise of a new world or social power and the Illuminati move headquarters, thousands of children go missing. And yes, this does tie into adrenochrome, and no, I'm not getting into that part of it. Fuck Q and fuck QAnon. We're batting a thousand for bullshit so far. What's the, the 
antagonist from Star Trek Next Generation have to do with any of this? Oh, Mike. <laughs> you sweet you summer sweet. child. I was just going to say that, motherfucker. <laughs> now, the Illuminati also chose the color purple as the color of royalty because, of course, the purple light of the Golden Age. See, it all fits. Uh-huh. And, of course, the founding of the United States is something else they did. But It was founded by the Freemasons. It wouldn't be a conspiracy without that there. You, you so know, that, that's, like- that's the thing about all these conspiracies. They become a Katamari. Yeah. It's all like poetry. It all rhymes. Oh, shut up, <laughs> Lucas. You see, though, after the founding of America, they had no need for the Catholic Church anymore. And that's why their power has waned. Oh, and then sometime in the 10th century, the reptilians bought the team for a song. I'm just thinking about Lacerda now. <laughs> Always it's Lacerda. It's so much happier than this. <laughs> You should get a framed picture of Lacerda on your wall that way. You can always just kind of look at her when you're feeling down. Go, ah, lizard tits. <laughs> so, what about the Jews? Yeah, what about the- uh What are they up to? I mean, I hear, I hear <laughs> now, you know, things now, are kind of spicy now, for them. This next topic is uh, delicate, given what's going on in the world right now. And I want to point out that we are not discussing Israel as a nation. We're not talking about politics. We're not talking about Palestine. We're talking about a religious group that has been persecuted unjustly for centuries. We are not and will not discuss the current political situation with Palestine and Israel. Aww. I just want to get that out there. We are going to talk about this stupid-ass book and the fact that there's a chapter called Enter the Hebrew, which <laughs> sounds like a Zucker Brothers Bruce Lee parody. It sounds like the first draft of What's Up, Tiger Lily. <laughs> it fucking does. Now, I went into this book. Is that, is Sorry, that, go is ahead. That, is that what they, you know, say when uh, Woody Allen walks into the room? Oh, God, into <laughs> the Hebrew. Here he comes. So, I went into this book smelling anti-Semitism on the wind. Well, that's every book you read now. I, you, you I know. It. And I'll admit that... <laughs> You're gun-shy. I'm not going to lie. At first, he threw me off of the trail by his approach to the Jews. So we'll just dive right into that. (coughs) First, he paints the Jews as a scapegoat. Mm. A group that originally backed the gold standard, which always the fucking gold standard, in a time where the Illuminati didn't, and they were persecuted and enslaved by Babylon and used in their ritual sacrifices especially after the rise of white Christ and the ascendance of the Catholic Church. Now, the problem is that after this, he starts using a code for the the major family responsible for funding the Illuminati and their death cult. I'll give you each one guess who it is. Beyonce. No. Mike? Uh, Ronald Reagan. Ooh, good guess, but no, it's the Rothschilds. Mm. Now, he doesn't come out and say that, though. Again, he uses a lot of terms to obfuscate what he's talking about, like this Illumined Ones things and the Nazarene Mm. and all that fun stuff. He keeps referring to the Red Shields and the Red Shield Dynasty, and I got real damn suspicious after about the 15th time 
and I Googled it. You see, the name Rothschild is taken from their house, like most royalty. The name of Windsor is literally because they fucking live in Windsor Castle. Well, the Rothschilds lived in Zumrottenschild, House of the Red Shield. So there you go. Despite his maintaining a sympathetic stance on the Jews in history, he still lays the modern death cult at the feet of the Jews. I'm sure he's thinking they're being led down this path by someone else and believes in the whole there's some good ones form of racism, but it still lands where we always do, in anti-Semitism. Well, I mean, and that's just how it works with these kind of conspiracy theories. They can couch themselves in this notion that, oh no, it's not all the Jews, and just to like obfuscate like what is clear anti-Semitic thought. It, it just pisses me the fuck off. Yeah, yeah, because you know, no, no person that ever owned slaves ever thought, oh, he's one of the good <clears throat> ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I yeah, they totally fucking did that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why there were house slaves very simplistic you know view of you know hate to think that you know you always these people always hate everyone any like that any time but you know there's always carve outs yeah because you know logically not everyone is going to be homogenous yeah so To wrap up, where does this leave us? Well, as far as the Electric Universe goes, it's still a big-time-going concern, unfortunately. I wouldn't say (coughs) big-time. There's a YouTube channel. I'm not going to link it. but There's a YouTube channel for some guy that sits on balloons as a fetish. Yeah. Oh, you guys are subscribers to my channel? Yes. I'm not. I'm not watching you fucking fart and pop balloons. Balloon popping daddy. Anyway, there's a YouTube channel. I'm not going to link to it. It's called the Thunderbolts Project. You get it? Uh, yeah, so it's it's about the uh, British marionette show. Oh, um, I was going to say it's the next Marvel movie. Uh, it kind of is, actually. Yeah. But anyway, this channel was run by the modern adherents to the Electric Universe theory. And their arguments against all of science consents, consist of videos where they go, Nuh-uh! And they find some things that science still hasn't managed to explain yet. And they go, See? <laughs> and, and as for their own science, it's <coughs> severely lacking. There is no explanation of how the electric universe actually works. I can see the giant red text and the Wojaks on the thumbnails already. Yeah. Mike? Well, you know, you, if see, nothing's valid if it can't explain everything completely total in totality. So, mm-hmm. yep. you know, yep. that, that's why science is just, you know, it's a all bunch bullshit. Of bunk. Mm-hmm. That's why we're sitting here, you know, <sighs> talking to you through rocks that are, you know, tied together with hemp ropes. Mm-hmm. Yep. We just... Bang the rocks together, guys. So we're, we're not actually, like, people aren't actually hearing this. We're just deluded ourselves into thinking they are. It's actually psychic. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. about you guys. I'm astral projecting right now. Yeah. I'm asshole projecting right now. <laughs> oh, that oh, sounds like diarrhea. Yeah, sorry. I got to clean up later. But 
What of the Saturn death cult? Mm. So we got the Saturn part. What about the death cult part? Well, here's the thing, guys. I'm happy to say it isn't very widespread at all. Okay. Uh, it's two guys behind <clears throat> Arby's in Sacramento. Mike, you're overestimating by one. <laughs> McLaughlin seems to be the only person who really believes his version of the NWO that involves Saturn. In fact, before getting his books, I decided, let's go the cheap route. Not that these weren't free, because they were on Kindle Unlimited, but I decided to try looking for resources online. Guys, there's nothing. There's a band called the Saturn Death Cult. Mm. Not the classic band that became the cult, Mm. but a new one. It's death metal. So if you're into that, check them out. They have a track called Shy Halud, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, Dune reference. Woo! Metalheads are fucking nerds. I know. They always have been. Look at Guar. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, for real, there is no online footprint to the idea of the Saturn Death Cult, aside from his books. And, man, I am really fucking thankful for that. Well, well maybe they can't, you know, you can't track down the books because the people keep getting killed off. Like, you know, it's part of a conspiracy, man. Sure, I guess if you're stupid, but, (laughs) you know. But the one thing I take away from all this is that when you boil it down, all these conspiracies are based on one idea. They cannot believe that humans are just shitty people, and there must be one all-powerful group making us do terrible things to each other. And I'm sorry, guys, there isn't. It's just human nature, and we're terrible. So, what do you think? I I don't think we're terrible. We're just easily tempted and prone to getting swept up into groupthink, um, which is probably why we're so dangerous <clears throat> as a species. But I, I don't necessarily know if that makes us terrible. I I think it's more of just a tribalism, mm. like we. We, as we evolved to, for our, you know, the largest social structure we uh, naturally adhere to is the tribe. And anything beyond that takes, you know, empathy and imagination to uh, grasp, Mm. to, to, you know, and tribalism, unfortunately, just rears its ugly head again and again. And, you know, that's I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the, you know, major cause of you know racism and anti-Semitism. It's, you know, it's, it's just, us versus them. Yeah it's, yeah, it's us versus them tribalism and people not willing to put themselves in other people's shoes. So I don't think people are terrible. I think we just need to learn more like it's it's pretty much proven that the more educated a person is the more empathic they are not it's not a guarantee but it is still on average a boon Mm. when people are educated to you know be more empathic towards others yeah well, I'm glad you guys have some hope left for humanity because I'm literally in therapy well, because I don't. I, I, the problem is, is that, you know, the 
world is run by the non-empathic people. I thought it was run on Duncan. No, the people. <laughs> no, it's just people America. That, uh. The bad thing is, is that the people that could do the most good are the ones that avoid, you know, running for office or, you know, becoming leaders because it's such a bullshit, you know, thing. It just, it sucks being in power and nobody yeah. except sociopaths really want to do it. Yeah. So the smart people just go, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to make my money and have a yeah. family and, you know, be a good person. Well, let me ask you, what do you think gets a person to start theorizing about a theory like this? Like that Saturn was our, st our son, uh, that led to a cult that cult is the Illuminati and they eat and sacrifice babies because Saturn, like, what do you think does that? Blows to the head and paint chips. Yeah, I, I was going to say mental illness. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, it, it, it baffles my mind. Like, I've read a lot of fucking conspiracy theories because of this show. And also, because not because of this show. But, like, this is fucking nuts. Like, you know, a lot of conspiracy theories, <clears throat> like the UFO stuff. There's a lot of people that believe that. Mm -hmm. But this guy, like, he is on his own. I think it comes down to, you know, all flippancy aside, I think it comes down to a... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Mike Stein. A, a basic mistrust of, uh, you know, what they... Of the, the uh, status quo, the norm. Mm -hmm. They don't trust what they learned in school. They don't trust what they've, you know, been told as being mostly. I'm not, I'm not saying everything we've learned ever is completely on the up and up. Well, yeah, no. It's always, I mean, you know, especially history is always colored by, you know, the victors. And, you know, you don't learn the whole truth. But yeah. they, they take those things as proof that, well, everything is just fucked. That just because, you know... They told they lied about Christopher Columbus. Well, that means, well, they lied about, you know, the theory of gravity, the moon and the moon and everything else. Also, so, you know, I'm just going to discount all of it. And then they, you know, hear somebody, you know, talking about something that just kind of makes sense to them. Hmm. And like, oh, that's it. That the, the earth is flat. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you gravity's know not real because I can't. I can't see or touch gravity, but I can see and touch electricity, and obviously that's awesome. So maybe that's right. Let me tell you something. I was I was I was trying to install me some stuff in the kitchen, and I touched one of them live wires, and electricity jumped up, grabbed my heart. And let me tell you what, that is what holds me on this planet. They they rubbed a balloon in their hair and saw it stuck things together, and like that's not gravity doesn't hold us to the earth. It's this shit. <laughs> We're just hairs on the balloon of the earth. Yes, we're held on by static electricity. All right, that's that's enough of a reason for me to end it right there. No, um, that's. I hope you mean the episode and not like you know everything. Let's let's just leave that out out there for people to interpret. No, um, we may be back next week. Maybe. No, we'll be back next week. I've got nothing else going on. Uh, <laughs> this episode hurt a lot to yeah. to to construct like you you think it's bad me explaining it imagine learning it no i mean i do not envy you in fact i question 
your sanity and voluntarily reading this pap, I, this garbage, this sewer runoff that is a quote unquote book. Several books. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I just, you know, I, I felt like it's something I when I first heard about this, it was on an episode of Mysterious Universe. And they mentioned it in passing, and they gave it a lot of credence as a good theory. And they didn't go into a lot of details. Like, huh, I'll check this out. Started reading. Oh, these, man, fuck Mysterious Universe. <laughs> Those guys are stupid as shit. <clears throat> and that's why I don't listen anymore. Wow, they were giving this some, you know, benefit of the doubt. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. David? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm broken. Yeah, kind of I, broken. This, uh, I mean, we we've talked about some insane bullshit over the past couple of years, but this one is just like, yeah. Season nah. three, bringing you the true pain. Yeah. So yeah. I anyway, I I'm gonna have to tackle something lighter for my next episode because fuck, I can't do this again for a little bit. Mm. This this broke me. Like I don't say that lightly this really broke me yeah i I, like especially that conclusion about fuck humans i'm just like "Ah, i can't do this for a little bit we'll have to talk about fucking ghost puppies or something um so that'd be (laughs) (laughs) just a ghost puppy implies that it was once a living puppy yeah and after i said that i was like god damn it kevin (laughs) (laughs) You motherfucker, why'd you say that? So, anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, what have we got closing? David, you got anything you want to talk about or plug? Um, no, just we're going to be getting back into the distraction hole. It's been a little bit, and we're trying yep. to, you know, we, we had some stuff pop up, but, you know, we're still going yeah. at it. Oh, yeah. Like Wait. spider monkeys. <clears throat> ook, ook. Yeah, Mike, you got anything you want to plug or talk about real quick? Uh, no, I'm just a lazy asshole that doesn't do anything, so... I'm going to make you write an episode, motherfucker. You're, you're doing the skeptic, famous skeptics episode. Sure, you keep telling yourself that, fucker. <laughs> and uh, I just want to plug uh, Cosmic Dash. Aww. And actually, I'm going to plug Cosmic Dash, CosmicDash.com, correct? Yes. And... I want to plug Flagged for Content, friend of the show, Andy Richardson. Me and David have both been on there. It's a fun show. Check it out. And uh, check out Spooky Dice Bag, which I'm also a part of. It's a D&D podcast. I play a dragonborn named Randrel that uh, <clears throat> is way more academic than he should be. Hell yeah. So... Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. You can find all the information you need on supernatpod.rocks. That is supernatpod.rocks. You will find a link to our store, our Discord. Uh, I think our social media. I haven't been on the site lately. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, the our back catalog is up there. And, uh, you know, if you like what we're doing, think about donating. Think about joining the Patreon. Or... Just think about telling your friends. Well, and then also, if you join the Patreon, you should get access to the screening uh, commentary that we did yes. for the McPherson tape. Yes, we had a lot of fun watching the McPherson tape, and uh, is 
me, David, uh, uh, Kickassatron, and Ghostforge from the Discord, mm -hmm. which also join the Discord. We have a lot of fun. We got some great people. And uh, that's about it. So, again, thank you for listening. We truly appreciate you. And uh, we will see you next week for another Weekend Weird. So until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Purple rain, purple rain. I never want to hear the words electric or Saturn again. <laughs> the new Saturn EV. Oh, God damn it. Do they even make those anymore, no, Mike? No, no, Saturn Saturn got killed in the uh, the bailout. Oh, like like Pontiac? Yep. Okay, good. Fuck Saturn. Fuck. Fuck both of you. Mm -hmm.